You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. I've got a little problem That's really got me low Hi, I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. And I am Joe Punkrocker Iconis. And you are listening to the album podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Joey is a Punk Rocker. A cut song from Black Suits sung here by the legendary Annie Golden. One of the oldest songs by Joe Iconis for this album. You'll get to hear quite a deep dive into the history of just how early Joe started imagining this number. Yeah, and uh, the episode might even end with me doing a little bit of a cover song. So, check it out. No matter his reply, I'll never take my eye off this different kind of mystery. I have to start by saying, uh, right before we recorded these episodes today, um, I was just listening to this song over and over and having like a personal mosh pit in my living room. So thank you for the gift of this song, which I never, you know, failed to enjoy singing along to in my bedroom in my apartment. <laughs> um, thank you. I, I when I wrote it um, before I ever even knew you existed, I think <laughs> I knew somewhere in my brain that one day you'd be mosh pitting by yourself in your bedroom to this song. I'm, I think people who know me might be like, she doesn't know what a mosh pit is, but I do. And if you <laughs> saw me listening to this song, you guys would know. Um, this song is amazing, Joe. Thank you for the gift of this Annie Golden rendition of this cut Black Suit song. Yeah. Yeah, this song, this song is one of the oldest on the album for sure. So the, the genesis of Joey's a Punk Rocker is... I had the idea to write The Black Suits when I was a senior in undergrad at NYU. And the idea was not fully formed, but when I was, um, and I, f- I forget if I've told this story on the, the podcast yet, but if even if I have, I'll tell it again. I was musical directing a production of The Wiz at my old high school. My brother was a senior and he was directing this production of The Wiz. And so he asked me to musical direct. And so I, I was, you know, f- for literally four years out of high school. And so I didn't know the majority of the kids in the band with the exception of Brent Stranathan, who's a drummer on the album. Um, but I, so I felt like both, I felt older than all of the kids in the band and the kids in the show, but I wasn't that far away from their age. I, you know, it was only four years at the time it felt huge, but you know, it's now it certainly doesn't feel very huge. But at the time, I was so taken with sort of watching um, young people in a in a rehearsal situation and how when you're in rehearsals for a show, you're building this family, you're with everyone um, constantly, and it's all you think about and it's all you you talk about and um, you're you're you know all working towards the same goal, you know every single day, and then the show happens and you do two performances of it and then it all breaks apart. And, um, and you know, if you're in high school, you're still seeing people, but it's just not the same. It's not the same as when you're all together in rehearsals for the show. And so it's, it seemed really similar to me to have the kids in the pit band who were in actual rock bands, how their, their relationship with their like garage bands were, where it's like that, you know, they were sort of talking about, 
you know, they're, they're, you know, preparing for shows or whatever, but then in high school, at least when you're in a garage band, like then someone goes off to college or someone's mm -hmm. family moves and it's just all over, you know? And it's like, and it, 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 those two things like struck me as being very similar. And I was like, Oh, I should, I should write a musical about this. Like this should be a, a show that I write. And so those ideas were sort of swimming in my head. And the first songs that I wrote towards those ideas where it was in the spring of 2003 spring of 2003 i um i wrote this song called rock and roll band which is the opening number of the black suits and i wrote joey is a punk rocker mm -hmm. and i premiered both of those songs at my senior recital at mm -hmm. nyu which was on may 2nd 2003 and so that was the first time that either of those songs were ever heard by anyone. And, um, and yeah. And so Joey's punk rocker, I, I sort of, the song kind of the, the song and the character of Megan kind of came fully formed. Right. So it was like, I knew, I was like, Oh yeah, maybe it's the band, you know, the, the band's lead singer has this sister who hates the band so much. And, and she's a character, one of two kind of like outside characters who are not in the band. And so I wrote Joe's Punk Rocker, but also kind of wrote it to exist unto itself, you know? Um, and I, uh, and yeah, and, and it immediately, it immediately was received in a way that felt like, oh, this is different from how people receive my other songs, you know? And I think that it was, I, when I listened to Joe's Punk Rocker, I feel like, oh yeah, I was, that's where I was like really sort of cracking the kind of style and the, um, uh, the, uh, the you know the the vibe that would then sort of become something that defined my writing you know like the mm -hmm. the sort of humor mixed with the uh, the sentiment and the way the music played with it all like it it kind of I I can hear my own sort of writer write writing style you know sort of congealing when I listen to Josie Punkrocker um and uh, and yeah and so that was kind of how that song was born and when I wrote it, I was thinking a lot about Frank Mills uh, mm -hmm. from here, you know, and I, I've always loved Frank Mills. And Joey's a punk rocker is like a lot more of like a sort of traditional musical theater song than Frank Mills is. You know, Frank Mills, it doesn't have a lot of rhymes and it kind of feels like a letter set to music. And but the like the absolute like the the sentiment of Frank Mills and the like the the sort of purity of it was something that uh, really informed the writing of of Joey's a punk rocker and i think what i always loved about frank mills is like you know in hair which is this like this show that yeah it's about peace and love but it's like you know it's like hair is like pretty gritty and 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 there's lots of like sort of edgy things in hair but that song frank mills is allowed to be this moment of just total complete uh uh you know it's it like it, it's romance you know it's like that's what it is and it's this like romantic idea of someone and it's and it's also kind of like you know it's sad because we know that it's not it's not gonna happen <laughs> and it's like frank mills is more of an idea than he is an actual guy um and and so that's what i was i think i was trying to capture in joey's mm -hmm. a punk rocker so so many things that are so interesting about that um the role in the black suits that originally sung this the sister character that you mentioned uh, yeah. was originated by sarah glendenning in mm -hmm. the first time black suits was staged um obviously the great annie golden who performs this track on the album was also in the cast um yep. but didn't sing this song 
when did the idea, and it sounds like maybe it was in your head all along, given the Frank Mills connection, but when did the idea of Annie singing it occur to you? And, and how has that evolved since, you know, you started writing the show so long ago, Annie <laughs> became involved very early and here she is regaling us with her rendition. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, so how it came about was, so Joy's Punk Rocker, you know, I should say that, so Sarah Glendenim uh, originated the role brilliantly. She was great. Pre-Glendanning, we had done, you know, many readings of the black suits. And so a hilarious, <laughs> a hilarious list of very credentialed, very famous actresses played the role of Megan and sung that song. Like Annalie Ashford did it, uh, Alison Pill did it, uh, Mamie Gummer did it, like lots of lots of, you know, sparkly actresses of a certain of a certain time uh, did that part. And um and so uh when it when it came time to choose someone to do it in concert, I definitely like had, uh, you know, so many people who I could have gone to the first time I did the song in concert who I loved. So many actresses who were great, Chandra Lee Schwartz, like so many people. Um, but the only person I wanted to hear sing it was Annie Golden. And uh, the Frank Mills connection for sure uh, was something, but there's just, there's just something about Annie that she has like a, she has a youthfulness to her her voice and her entire being that it just can't be copied. There's just something mm-hmm. about it that it's like there's it, there, you know I, I've already talked about this, but like Harrison Chad has it. There's there's just it's 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 youth. That's what it is. It's like she embodies youth and she embodies you know hope and all of these things in such an effortless way. And then on top of that, she's, uh, she's, you know, she has this amazing rock voice. And so I immediately, before I ever, ever even heard her singing it, I was like, oh, I, I just know that she'll be able to like do the, like the sort of, you know, she'll, she'll be able to dial into the sweetness of this song and then also give it a rock and roll edge in a way that I think if you know other people try to do that it sounds forced on either you know it sounds like oh here's this person who can sort of do the sweet folky stuff but then is really pushing the rock stuff or here's this person who can like you know scream it from the rafters but can't really do that like folky stuff uh and annie is just so adept at all of that and then also her literal speaking voice is so uh is so charismatic and is so personality filled that it just felt like it would be a great match and it was. And so she did it for the first time at the first ever uh, rock and roll jamboree show at the Beachman, which is November uh, 27th, 2007. And wow. um, and yeah, and she's done it a million times since. And it only it only gets better. And, you know, the, the first time she did it, I did have a for me, it was like a no brainer. Like I love I love casting actors especially in a concert setting. I love casting them because of something elemental about them that connects with the material mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, oh, this song was written for a 16-year-old girl, so we should get a 16-year-old girl to sing it. I've always been really excited about, you know, not casting based on gender or, or, or race or whatever and, like, finding, like, the thing about the human being who's going to perform a, a song um, that that makes them connected to the song. And so... The first time Annie did it, or the first time I asked her, I was like, you know, there's there's no part of this that's like, oh, isn't it funny that this woman who is obviously not 16 
is singing a song for a 16 year old. Um, and she, you know, to her credit was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm, I don't care about that. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a problem. And it never is. And like, and she, you know, and she still does it and there's no part of it that's like, oh, how, how funny that is because it's not. And that's also a testament to her and how amazing she is and how she just so embodies the spirit of, of young people who want to like, you know, run through the streets and scream and be in love and make music. And it's just her, you know? And so um, I'm so happy that her insane performance is now captured on, uh, on, on record forever. Yeah, it works. It works on so many levels and it's just very rock and roll. Um, I, I like, one of my favorite moments of your big Lincoln Center concert that we did right before the world ended in February 2020. I don't remember the exact date. So props to you on the 2007 date you pulled out. Um, but was Annie singing this song and just everyone in the audience going crazy and me being able to mosh with other people also moshing. But um, no, she always just is incredible at this song in person and the album in the best possible way sounds live. Like Annie just has such a skill of, and you know, also on the Broadway Bounty Hunter cast recording, she she is perfect. And she also just really makes it sound like you're in the room with her. It's like a, a skill I can barely describe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can't you can't fake it. it. You know, it's like there are so many there are so many people today in musical theater and, and in other, you know, uh, mediums who are, you know, held as great singers or whatever and it's like really you know they're okay but the the computers do a lot of work for them um annie golden is just a great singer and so and and you that's it feels live because it's like she's actually doing that you know she's not getting any help she doesn't need any support she can stand in front of a microphone and when she opens her mouth it is it's stunning and it sounds like a human being singing and uh, and it, that that feels like it's like, uh, well, yeah, duh, of course it does. But it's that's not always the case. And um, she's just amazing. And she is such a solid person in a studio like that. That's one of my favorite things. And I've now gotten to record, you know, quite a bit of material with Annie in the studio in the last couple of years between Bounty Hunter and album. And um, to see her in a studio, it makes it's like, oh, yeah. She's like a real rock and roll singer. <laughs> you know, it's like she's been, she knows her way around the studio in a way that's like, you know, and even like huge people sometimes like they'll get into a studio and it, it's, it's really scary. There's a lot of pressure and it's like you in a little booth and a microphone. And I've seen really amazing singers and actors just crumble. And mm-hmm. every single time I've ever been with Annie in a studio, it's the most like, it's just like the easiest thing. She gets in there and she just, she nails it every single time she knows exactly what she needs she knows exactly how to negotiate the mic and the room and all of it and it's just like every time is like better than the last it's amazing do you think that you are the only musical theater writer in history to rhyme megan with pagan (laughs) it's actually megan i said it badly but um no that's not my real question when this song was cut like did you envision that it would have such a life in your concerts because how did that happen with feeling like okay well this character and this show evolved so that the song is no longer in it um do you want to talk about that yeah yeah i mean it's funny i'm like i like i you know i will hang on to something that i truly believe belongs in a show but when i make the decision to get rid of something i'm i'm like brutal about it and so 
as much as it was like a bummer to think about like what is the black suits without joey as a punk rocker i knew that the right move was to get it out of there and so i was kind of like i mean i hope the song lives on but if it doesn't i'm doing the right thing you know and i and i and i i kind of suspected that it would because at, even at the time that i cut it 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 had already sort of had a bit of a life you know sort of joey's a punk rocker and blue hair were like the two songs that people tended to know me from pre like Broadway Here I Come, like mm-hmm. you know before Broadway Here I Come, it was it, those were the two songs that people sang of mine, mm-hmm. and so it felt like it already kind of was out in the world a little bit. So it wasn't like it didn't feel like oh my gosh I'm burying this you know this this baby and no one's ever gonna see it. But um, so yeah, so I felt like kind of kind of okay about it. Um, but yeah. I love that you said the thing about Megan and Pagan, though, because that that's something, too, where it's like, you know, sort of early on in my writing, I had not quite yet realized that, like, my my growing up on the island in, has informed the way I hear certain vowels and, <laughs> and certain <laughs> words pronounced. And so I'm such a stickler for rhymes. And even and Joey's punk rocker is like kind of sloppy rhyme wise, but it's it's totally fine. You wrote it when you were ten. We've been I know. Over I was very that. I was very yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was kinder to myself slash lazier then um, with rhymes. But no, but it is a correct rhyme. I know it, it Megan is, yeah. is how you say Megan, which but, yeah. I said how I say it. But yeah, no, but I just didn't know. I was like, oh yeah, like this is that's the, that's how you say that <laughs> that name, Megan. Megan. Megan if our collaborator Bailey Ford is listening to this, she knows well because you say Bailey Belly because that's just yeah. the Long Island Belly. way. Belly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. But I mean, the thing that the, the thing that, you know, sort of saves us for black suits is that it takes place on Long Island. So, you know, it also I remember when we were talking about, you know, this album was in the works and we were chatting about it and a lot of people were like, oh, cool, you're doing a big album. It's going to be like cut songs from your shows. That's awesome. Because people just I think when you're recording a non-musical theater album, you're a musical theater writer. They're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And this is actually one of only two songs out of 44 on the album that is technically a cut song from a musical. The other yeah. being Play the Princess from Blood Song. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of my cut songs from shows, they just kind of they just kind of go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, and I think it's because it's because I've either cut them because I hate them <laughs> and I think they're just bad and I don't have any interest in revisiting um, or they're, you know, they're so specifically tied to the shows that they are from that it to to do them in another context just doesn't work you know and so i'm that's why i'm someone who like i never recycle a song because i can't you know i i i can't take a cut song from from you know be more chill and put it in bounty hunter it's like the you know the songs are so tied to the characters and the plot and the sonic world of the shows that they are from that they're not you can't repurpose them you know and well, so, let it be known that this podcast yeah. has now inspired me to try to convince you to have Annie Golden sing Level Up, the original two-player game, in a concert. <laughs> so we'll see how far I get. Good luck to me. Good luck to you. Yeah. I'll see you in the spring, 54. <laughs> um, awesome. Anything else about Joey as a punk rocker? Yeah. You know what I want to talk about, which I don't think I've, I've ever actually talked about? The title of it. So, so Joey as a punk rocker is titled as such because... There's a there's a Ramon song called uh, Judy is a punk and a Ramon song, song called Sheena Sheena is a punk rocker and so the 
um, so Joey was a punk rocker is is sort of referencing um, those two tunes, even though in the song she never actually says Joey's a punk rocker. Yeah, and I mean, as long as we're talking about that, obviously, you know, your name is Joe. No one calls you Joey, really. Maybe people you grew up with. Um, did you pick that name for a reason for the song? The honest answer is I picked it because it was my name and it was going to be performed at uh, at my recital. But the the answer I gave at the time was that it was because of Joey Ramone. <laughs> but if I'm being totally honest, I wanted that moment where um, the uh, the girl singing it, um, who was her name, her name was Kristen. Oh, God, what was her last name? Oh, no. Wait, I got to look it up. Well, you look it up, I'll just say this is a classic musical theater history moment being like, in 2003, Joe Iconis said this was the answer. In 2007, this. And today, this is the real answer <laughs> from Joe Iconis. So yeah, you've I feel witnessed like that. I feel like I'm far enough away from it now. Um, but yeah, it was. But I mean, also, like, definitely Joy Ramone is part of it. But I, I just loved the idea of, you know, her saying yeah. my name and people going, ha, 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 ha. Uh, you know, because I was. I was really slutty back then. I wanted that acceptance. I hadn't gotten it a lot. I hadn't gotten a lot of applause at that point in my life. And I think Urban she left debater. She left um, performing, mm-hmm. which is why I haven't spoken to her in a bit. But Joey is a punk rocker, folks. Joey is a punk rocker. Joey is a punk rocker. Joey is a punk rocker now. Hey. Thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, Do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. And now you know. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.